Fantastic. What's up, brother? What's going on? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, absolutely. You're good. Let's kick off the show. Let's make some moves. Here we go. Congratulations. Yeah, right on time for the Make It Move show with Mufasa and Poppy Knox. They are totally considerate. Baby, you're not here to try to figure me out. You just need to figure out what I need from you. If I, I'm going to tell you what I need from you. Very humble. And it feels good to be me. Always respectful. Fuck what you said. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, That makes me That warms my heart. Truly sympathetic. Most guys don't get it. They don't get the game. They don't even want to play the game. And instead of just um, doing the little bit of work to know what you and I know, like on this one topic even, they would rather make an excuse for not knowing the work. Absolute humanitarian. You know what I'm saying? Stay masculine and always make that person understand you are not that important in my life. Exactly. You give off that energy and it was good. Completely unstoppable. It's the name of the game. That's why we're always making moves. We're always making, getting better than the last day. Always growing. The Making Moves show begins right now. Hey. I love that intro. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> that is the intention. So, hey, how you doing? How you doing? It's been a while. Yeah, I'm doing all right, man. Glad to hear it. So what's on my mind is that it's funny because I wanted to tell you this story. And I already wrote off the person that it's about that I don't even know the proper details. But to sum it all up, I'm sitting in the barbershop having a conversation about... I don't know. Whenever I got frustrated about something that isn't going to help me, it's not going to get me paid or get me laid. I just write it off and I'm on to the next thing. But essentially, this guy was talking. He just said peculiar statements. And 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 actually, before I even get to it, I'm going to ask you a question. Can you think of the last time someone told you a story about their dad, even if it was just like a little thing? But when was the last time you heard a man talking about his dad? Um, it had to be a couple months back. It's, it's not. Oh, word? Yeah, a couple months back. Um, um, I forgot where we were, but he was explaining something that um his dad used to do because mm-hmm. it was. Mm, I'm trying to draw up my memory, but it was something his dad used to do because um. I actually asked him why he was so good at a certain um, thing he was doing. Uh, I think it was, I don't know, we was on the court. And he had a certain move. And I'm like, man, you always do that. You find a way to do that move. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, like yeah, I got this, um, you know, from my dad. Okay. So. All right. You know what? I actually wasn't expecting that answer. So that makes things interesting because what I was going to get at is that I don't know a single, I, I'm hard pressed to think of going more than 72 hours where um, I meet a man or I'm doing business with someone. And then naturally our dads come up in the conversation. 
So for me, oh no, no, that that it's not a natural thing to do. You know, I was just surprised because usually, you know, if you're just playing around like hooping and stuff, and then you ask this guy like you know about a certain skill he acquired, he just like he just like play it off like you know, rap a little bit like don't yeah. worry about it. Word, word, word. And you know what? It could be a blind spot. Um, but for me, I, I hear that story more often. I, like I said, I can't go 72 hours with working with any person, talking to a man, and then not have their dad come up. It just naturally comes up in, our, in the conversations that, that I'm in. And I'm always paying attention to how people talk about their dads, even if they don't bring it up naturally. Like when it finally does come up, like you said, maybe once every couple of months. I'm always paying attention to how are they talking about their dad? What is the story? What is the lesson? And and are they happy and joyful when they tell that story? And I'm in the barber shop, and I forgot what it was, but this guy was saying that he didn't want to grow up to be like his dad. And I've heard that sentiment before, and I and I understand what the brother was trying to say. However, even when I pressed him on it about like the, the, the word choice and, and what he was saying, he still came to the, he still had nothing. He didn't say anything negative about his dad, but he didn't say anything positive at the same time. He just didn't talk about his dad. He just talked about him in the sense of, I don't want to be like my dad. One day he said, one day mm. I, I told my dad, I want to be just like you. And my dad told me not to be like me. And and I, apparently that stuck with him. It imprinted in him in such a significant way that he's like, all right, I I, I got to disown myself from my dad. Because every time I kept on pressing with more questions, he just couldn't, again, like he couldn't affirm that his dad was a great man. He learned a lot of great lessons from his dad. And that kind of like you and I, we can say, I want to be my own man, building off the foundation that my dad gave me. But he wouldn't even go that direction. And so it just got me to, this is a conversation you and I have had before in the past, and I love having it with different men. But it's like, we got to take that time to be like, all right, who is our dad? Let's talk about him. And what are we grateful for? Because the men that we are today is definitely because of our dads, even, even if we didn't grow up with our dads, because we wouldn't exist without dad. Yeah. Yeah, Can you hear me? Clear. I never thought about it like that, to be honest with you. Oh, interesting. Well, now we have a real conversation because this is new for both of us. Uh, so which part is, is new foreign to you? I know. I just, I didn't, um, I didn't ever take account or notice like how you pay attention to the detail, like, um, about somebody talking about their dad. That's that's the only thing. Um, anytime Where? somebody said, oh, I want to be like my dad, of course, that just jumps back to something bad or something they seem negative. No matter how much you try to run away from mm-hmm. your father, you're going to be like your father, if that makes sense. You're going to eat a good version of him yeah. or what I consider a, a negative version, a positive version of him or a negative version. Sometimes both, right? But you're going to get that. I never understood, like, because I was raised with my dad. And I used to be young, like, man, I ain't going to never, because, you know, I have kids. So it's just like, I'm never going to treat my kids like this. 
blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Right? The older I get, the more I understand what he, why he did oh, yeah. what he did and said what he said. Okay. And um, I could sit up here and jog off a lot of stuff that my father taught me. But one thing I did notice, and um, he used to say this a lot, it's going to hit you later. Hopefully it hits you right on time. And usually <laughs> when it's something I'm not grasping or I refuse to grasp, and he's like, don't worry, I said this for a reason, it's going to hit you later. And then I, even when I'm older now, some of the stuff that he used to say makes perfect sense now. You know what I'm saying? That I'm an older man in my 30s versus when he was trying to tell me in my early 20s, I just couldn't see it. I think that's one of the, and you're a dad, and I'm a soon-to-be dad. It's one of those things where where you you recognize that in parenthood, it's less teaching your children new things and more about repetition, repetition, repetition. So I'm hearing what your dad said. You're going to get it. Hopefully it gets yeah. you in time. And that's a, that's the ideal situation because you don't want it to be too late and then you can't use the lesson. But that's all I think about is that it's less about me teaching a, my children a thousand lessons and more about teaching 10 lessons a thousand times. Exactly. And it's some stuff I wish he would have taught me. And it's just like, maybe he didn't mm-hmm. know. Maybe it's a different... I remember having a conversation with my father about um, like women. He was like, you got to do this. You got, I said, you, the only thing you could tell me, and I used to be like, yo, don't tell me. The only thing you could tell me is how to be and successful dating my mom. Like, cause you've been with my mom for years and years. So that's the woman you pretty much mastered. Um, (laughs) That's true. I like that. That's not the case. These women ain't my mama out here. You know, so I can't approach them like that, you know. So we had a little back and forth with that. I like that. Today I told the gentleman, um, he was talking about the chivalry thing. He was frustrated. He was saying that um, he can't be chivalrous with girls because it doesn't work. And I said, chivalry still works, but only if you're dating a virgin. You know what? <laughs> you, know what? you know what's so crazy? What's up? Right? Let me see if I still have it. I, I just want to. I have it in my notes. Mm. All right. And this is one, like, sometimes I just write random notes. I'm glad you brought it up. No, so I just want to say this. Um, chivalry was originally designed to enforce chastity, maintain virginity, and behaving ladylike. <laughs> you see what I mean? I didn't even know that. Now that women have abandoned their morals, Men have abandoned chivalry. That's it. I wrote that uh, years ago, like when I first started doing podcasts, because I wanted to talk about chivalry. Chivalry was definitely based off of uh, a woman being a virgin, you know, being. uh, Yeah, because if you're going to protect someone's honor, defend her honor, she has to be honorable in the first place. Exactly. Right. So. And back in the day, it was easier to protect and defend a woman's honor. It's more, things were just more simpler back then. And it was real consequences and repercussions to 
bad behavior. Um, nowadays when we talk about chivalry, that's just something that most women think they're entitled to just because they're a woman and, you know, chivalry was supposed to be that. And then that's why they say chivalry is dead. I'm like, uh, you gave up the right from, you know, men to be chivalrous towards you. Like you said, when you lost your virginity. That young man should have stayed chivalrous with you. That's the man who owes you the chivalry. You get what I'm saying? Um, yeah, exactly. That's the man that will make other men respect you. But since you decide to move on or, you know, do your thing with multiple men, and that's what women don't get, that's the more, the more you give out that feminine energy, um, associated with yourself, the more you give that sacred thing away, the less respect you will have. And yeah, it causes exactly. a lot of- the thing that makes what do you call it? It's that sacred thing about you, and the more you give it away, actually, I mean, I'm a one and done kind of guy. Like, if you're not a virgin, you've already given it all away. Yes, I can make uh, what do you call it allowances for uh, the woman that is not a virgin that comes my way. However, I know that the greatest gift she could have ever given to me and my family, and she already gave to some guy that she doesn't respect enough to still be with. Right. So, and we live in different days and different times, but all that plays a big part in the subconscious mind. And all of this really evolves around a woman. A woman um, being you know, chivalrous and uh, like holding on to her, what we, you know, her virginity, virginity. And um, no matter what, subconsciously, it's always going to be a rocky foundation. The relationships we have are going to be more disingenuous. You get what I'm saying? Uh, more rocky more unstable because a woman is born with you know her femininity or womanhood already it's just up to her to value it men we're not born with our manhood our masculinity we have to cultivate it we have we have to earn it we have to grow it all of that And um, I don't think the women of this society actually understand that because they're fed a bunch of bullshit. Um, which brings me back to a lesson, one of the lessons my dad taught taught me. Um, one of my favorite is always, "Do you know who you are? Do you know yourself?" Yeah, I remember that because you wrote it in the book, and and that's the one that always jumped out at me. Right. So do you know your name? He used to always say, and I used to tell him my name. My name is such and such. Oh, who told you your name was that? And I'm like, you guys did. How you know if we're not lying? You know, what it, What does it mean? Why we gave you that name? Do you know? <laughs> like, it was just always 
something on top of something on top of something. Do you know yourself? When you get older, you want to change your name. If you had to change your name, what would you change your name to and why? You know what I'm saying? It's just always you identifying with yourself. You know what I'm saying? And um, that's a big part of this whole thing is knowing who you are. Knowing your rules. I actually put my rules in the book. You get what I'm saying? I actually know what I like and I don't like. Yeah. Every man's got to have a code. And so Every man got to have a Yeah. And when a man tells me that he has no principles that he lives by, which actually happened to me this week, I'm like, okay, now I know who I'm dealing with. Because a man with no principles stands for nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's something that your father should have taught you. At some point, you had to be who you are. We like to say, stay in your lane. My dad, my dad is always used to ask me, is that who you want to be? Is that who you really are? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And um, I like that because you made it always it, about your choice, which means you can reinvent yeah, yourself at any moment. Exactly. And if whatever choice you make, you need to be the best at it. Like, you need to compete, strive to be the best. My father was like, listen, if you're going to ride, I don't care what you do, be the best at it. If you're going to be, if you want to run the streets and be a gangster, be the lead, the head gangster. Be the leader, <laughs> right? If you exactly. if you want to rob banks, be the guy, be the best at it. If you want to be a killer, be it, the best killer ever, right? <laughs> so it's just like, when he used to tell me that, I was like, the best killer ever. I'm not. <laughs> no, but I get you. Exactly, exactly. One of those repetition lessons. It's like, oh, as you got older, it made more sense. Uh, it got, it yeah. made more sense. And then, you know, my dad used to say, you sleep good at night knowing you gave it your all. Mm-hmm. And. Oh, yeah. I learned that lesson the hard way. <laughs> oh, yeah. Tell me about that. What, is, what does that mean? Um, at the end of my, um, college football career, I actually mm-hmm. sat down and asked myself, did I actually, like, I was, you know, upset, you know, you know what they say, an athlete dies twice. So. Is that like a retirement and actual death? Yeah. Actual death and the retirement of your athletic career. Once you realize you can't do that super athletic shit you used to do. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? So basically, you know, that was a few years ago, and I was like, man, I'm supposed to be this. I'm supposed to be that. And I was like angry for a split second. Mm-hmm. And everybody my environment, my dad, I'm like, man, he should have spent more time with showing me this, coaching me this. I should have. I should have did this. They should have gave me a better, a better uh, shot. I should have been in a better position. Nobody believed in me. Nobody, da, 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 right? And then I remember back in my head, like what my dad used to say: "Did you actually give it a hundred and ten percent? Did it? Did you give it your all? Yeah. You know? Did you every time? You know? I used to say." Uh, I used to be in a situation like I used to be in there with my dad in the weight room. And sometimes I dang near, like I would lift and squat 
And I damn near be crawling out the weight room. And I ask myself, did, did I do enough of those days where I'm crawling out of that motherfucker? And I had to ask my, and I had yes. to keep it real with myself. Like, nope. Yes. Didn't do enough days. It, I did. It, was I good? Was I good enough? Yeah, I was good enough. Was I the best? Did I work hard to be the best? No. Was I the hardest worker? No. So exactly. I, why am I salty? You know what I'm saying? And it's, it's a lot of shit. Exactly. That shit right there, when you actually hold yourself accountable, you pull yourself out of a lot of bullshit like depression. So <laughs> people don't know that. Um, my dad always used to tell me to hold myself accountable in many ways. Did you actually give it all you had? I love that. I if love you that. gave it all you, if you gave it all you had, you could sleep good at night. Exactly. You don't even have to pop a pill or anything. It just happens naturally. Yeah, and that's it, what. So many of us, and it's not even just uh, the weight. Yeah, thing. if you ain't get, guess what? If you ain't give it all you had, that's probably why you're not sleeping good at night. Yeah, you're not you're not satisfied, and you have all this energy that you didn't spend. So, yeah, yep. you got this cash reserve and you're just wasting it away. But no, absolutely. Our bodies, I mean, that's what depression is. Our, it's our body's recognition that we are disappointed by what the, the guy upstairs in the head is thinking. And, Does depression take energy? I never thought about it in any specific way, but absolutely. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Hey, just, just, I just want you to think about that. Does depression take energy, bro? And guess what? The answer is yes. And you have energy to be depressed. Your ass ain't fucking working hard. <laughs> well said. Exactly. And that's where the stress comes from. You have all this extra energy that you're not expending. And when I was at my sickest, that was my hardest thing. And I don't know if I've ever told you about this in any specific way, but because I wasn't exercising and, and I'm still in that situation, except now I have more energy so I can like take a walk, but it's still not enough. And it's like sex doesn't necessarily help. It's like the only way to do it is to actually do real, like at the very basic, like calisthenics, Hindu squats, burpees, something that gets me um, a physical release of all this pent up stress. And that's what we're meant to do when we're we're not doing that, when we're not using our, leaving that stress on the mental side by thinking out the ideas and then putting them to action, when we're not physically doing things that need to be done it just builds and builds and builds to the point where you're so anxious. You're so uh, all these other terms that people use that they call like a mental diagnosis or whatever, but that's, that's all that buildup that becomes depression. And then you just hate your life because you're not actually doing anything in your life. That's, and that's so crazy. That's, that's actually some shit that I just Hey, now I could explain that to even more people, bro. You just put, you just opened my eyes to that, like a little bit more. You get what I'm saying? My eyes was already open, yeah. now they wide open. Oh, um, yeah. No, it was a tough. It's I'm still kind of going through it, uh, but I learned a lot about how our bodies respond to ordinary things and sedentary living. And I'm like, it made me more. I don't. I'm not gonna lie and say it made me more compassionate, but I have more understanding. And so I understand why when I go on the internet, I hear people talking so negatively and I'm like, damn, they're probably in that same physical state I was. And that's why they're saying all these terrible things. But if I gave this person a pizza and told them to do 25 push-ups, they'd probably feel a whole lot better. 
So <laughs> it's these wild things you learn about yourself when you've been to the darkest of places and you realize they're pretty universal. Right. So you learn a lot about yourself through controversy. Well, um, through mm-hmm. life's hold on, let me get this. Oh my goodness. Through life's challenges, you learn a lot about yourself. So I'm looking for my charger so my phone won't <laughs> phone won't. Well, you can find that. Um I love where this conversation is going because it's not going yeah. where I expected it to go. And and I love that because what we're getting now is this beautiful story of the lessons that our dad dads have been teaching us and and how they've uh, changed or no no the lessons have always stayed the same but how we've changed our understanding of them over time my favorite lesson that my dad taught me especially on this subject is that I, I don't know how old I was I'm assuming I was between seven and twelve like that's as much as I can narrow it down and I didn't grow up with my dad unlike you and so I would only see him every so often and because he he didn't like live in the best of places I didn't enjoy visiting him I wanted to be around him, but I didn't enjoy the way that he lived because I just had uh, higher standards with the way that my mom set things up. And my dad is just very all about um, um, the utility and function of things as opposed to the appearance and the comfort of things. But um, so I remember this one trip I'm visiting him and I'm just doing whatever he says. I never uh, questioned him. I never challenged him. That was just our dynamic. And he brings me to, we're Haitian. So he brings me to a Haitian apothecary. So this is the kind of place where it's just a pharmacy, but like where. Yeah, where herbs, more natural. Exactly, exactly. So like Americans. You know what this will, place is? I need to go. <laughs> exactly. So we're talking about Jersey. But yeah, they're definitely places. I'm, I'm surprised they don't have any in Atlanta. There's got to be some good Oh stuff my God. They got Florida like, too. you know what? Let me stop bullshitting. It's an African it's an African apothecary in the mall. There you go. I, I, so I wonder what that's like since it's in the mall. But I mean, you're still gonna get some good insights. And yeah, like, you're gonna. Yeah, incense, leaves. Yeah, frankincense. You know all that that good stuff that they used to sell in the. I used to like to call it the ancient ancient days. Yeah, exactly. That's what and that's what it is. And some of it kind of scares you. So like you have all these bottles, and they're taking different animals and different parts of it, and to make these cocktails and like they gave me one and was like this is good for sex but since you're not having sex we're not going to give it to you and they gave me all these different things and the guy was very specific he said this bottle kind of like dr sabi telling you like what's in his secret formulas and he's like take this three times a day take this twice a day take that and it was very overwhelming and i just kept on nodding my head as if i memorized it all (laughs) just to keep things moving and the reason he brought me to that is because I, I had sickle cell. Doctors told me I had sickle cell and I was always sick. And it's like, all right, we got to beat this. If you're going to be a man, you got to be strong. And in my mind, I'm like, this is incurable. Like, I'm just always going to be sick. It just is what it is. I don't even think right. about it that much. And, and I missed that lesson. And then I look back, what is it, 30 some odd years later. And it's everything that he was trying to teach me, I now learned. And not only have I learned it, I'm mastering it. And now I'm teaching others it. But essentially what he was teaching me, and this is my favorite lesson from him, don't accept 
the limitations of this world. Don't buy into this world. Don't buy into the matrix. Don't buy into what everyone says you are. You are your own person. You are your own man. You get to define your destiny, your fate, your future. And if I had learned that lesson at a younger age, I probably would have been cured at that young age, which would have meant I had so much more energy and time to devote to all the things that I have pursued, but I would have done it earlier in life, more aggressively, and with more, uh, what do you call it, accomplishments on top of them. And, and so I'm thinking about that. And one, I'm just grateful that he knew that, but he wasn't teaching it to me directly. So I'm glad I at least got that, that imprint, that that's a story of me and my dad that I've never forgotten. And even though, like, as soon as I got home, my mom's like, oh, let's not worry about it. Let's just throw this in the trash. And and I just had to lie to him for a couple of weeks, be like, yeah, I'm taking it. I'm taking it. <laughs> but that's just the nature of living with uh, a single mother against uh, your dad. And so, yeah, yeah I'm just very grateful certain, for that lesson. At a certain age, you were supposed to live with your dad. I meant to, I meant to tell you that a long time ago. Um, I like that. What age is that age? Well, the Spartans used to take them at seven. I would say about eight, nine years old, cool. nine, ten years old, nine, ten years old. A boy is supposed to go live with his father. Well, I always tell, especially single mothers, I always tell them, like, pay attention to that age seven, because seven is when he's going to uh, detach from the mom. Not completely, but he's going to spend more time with boys his age. Freeze. We're going back to the show in a moment. But first, in the show's description, there is a link for knoxuniversity.com. This site gives you access to the Take Charge League, which is everything you need to tap into your greatest strengths, improve your shortcomings, and live your ideal life sooner than later. This one guide will forever change your worldview, giving you the confidence to lead happier relationships, always know what to say and do. Grow your network with high net worth professionals, make money with speed, and have a more fulfilling life. Plus, direct access to Poppy Knox and ambitious people like you to ensure you are surrounded by a positive community. So there is no way you can fail. If you are interested in changing your life in any way, Visit KnoxUniversity.com right now to join. That's K-N-O-X University.com. Now let's get back to those unruly men talking about only God knows what. Unfreeze! And he's going to start hanging out with older boys too. And he's just going to get a sense of who he is in a pack. So who he is with his band of brothers. Is he a leader? Is he a follower? Is he the smart one and the analytical one? Or is he the one coming up with schemes? He's going to figure out what his role is. Is he the funny man? Whatever the case may be. And that's when it begins. So hearing you say that just confirms the way that I see, that I've seen children develop. And it's accurate. Or at least young boys. Girls are different. Um, I can't speak to that. Um. I think girls um, is a little bit more of um, you know what that brings me up to my next one. Mm-hmm. Um, the lesson my dad taught me don't even he probably don't even know he taught me lessons. Just yeah, exactly. Why, 
because yeah, I was just watching him how he interacted with people, you know, even with my sister. So the way he interacted with my sister is probably the way I interact with my daughters. So there's that. <laughs> okay. Um, it's a lot of understanding because um, you really has to be, you really have to provide that structure to your daughters. Um, that's oh, one thing. Especially the daughters, yeah. That's one thing. Um, my sister, <laughs> I remember my dad calling me one day and he was like, where you at? Your sister says she's at the movies. Stop by the movies. Make sure she's at the movies. It's for time to get out. Mm. And don't say anything, but make sure. Like I, It's like I was an extra set of eyes. Yes. And um, now I'm getting older. I'm like, yep, I'm going to want to know where my daughters are. I'm going to want to know where they're, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Because at the end of the day, you're still her protector. Yes. You're never gonna stop protecting your family. So I get it. Um with me. <laughs> my dad was protecting me too, but more of me from me. Not not from the you know what I'm saying? You protect you protect your boy from himself. Uh you protect your daughter from the you know, from the world, from outside predators. But you really protect your son from himself. And uh, you can't really do that effectively. Protecting your son from himself if he doesn't live with you. You get what I'm saying? Okay. Um, Just like your father took you to apothecary. Yeah. And I like that stuff. So here's the challenge, though. So I hear what you're saying. and Here's the challenge, because when I'm usually advising guys, usually divorce guys, and they're dealing with the custody thing, I encourage them to let the mother have the child. Unless there's some egregious situation, like she's a crack addict or whatever, let the child be with the mother, simply because she's going to be a decent caretaker in a way that we as men are too busy to take care of them. So yeah. knowing that, do you... And I don't, yeah, you don't have sons just yet. I, so that, I, mean, I stand by, by that statement. If I'm going to be impaired in what I do to take care of my children, then it, it, it would, um, what do you call it? It would help me out if I let them be with mom. And I'm not intending on being divorced. I'm not intending on splitting my child's custody. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm aiming to never be in that situation. But if I yeah, were, you know I would what? give her in her hands. And no matter what, you have to be a provider. No matter what. Yeah, above all else. Yeah, exactly. Above all else. So that might include you actually still providing for that for that child and that woman, no matter how much you don't like to hear that. Oh, yeah. Um, exactly. That's why I don't just, you know, I don't sit up here and do the whole argument on child support thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, I know it could be very predatory and unfair, but at the end of the day, you got to get your ass up and make sure that child has a roof over their head and food on the table. Absolutely. And, um, in the event the mother can't do that, you're going to have to do that. Yeah. Right. And, and, and so I sign up for that, whether she's with me or not. And yeah, and whether she's with you or not. How, and and this is that you need that unique 
how can I put it, that new, new unique nurturing, because nobody's going to love your kids like you love your kids and the mother, mm-hmm. the, the woman you made those babies with, that y'all, your both of your, um, the energy from that love, that's, that's going to be unique. They're going to need that no matter what. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? So oh, even if, even if you don't have it in the same household, you, they still got to know that my mom, that my mom loves me. My dad loves me without a doubt. Yes. Exactly. Right. So, and that's something I always had. Even that's why I can split. get up every day and move throughout this world, and even have to relocate. Mm-hmm. And my children know that I love them without a doubt. Exactly. My, their mom doesn't put doubts in their heads. Um, we all on the same page. You know, relationships don't work out. We 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 live in a time where it's a day and age where. Um, we could switch woman to woman, man to man, and even you know, without that much consequences and repercussions, it is what it is. Uh, exactly. And with all this in mind, I'm I'm hearing you say that, and I'm what I'm gonna say next is that even if I were in that terrible situation where I don't see my children full time, I would absolutely make large chunks of time throughout the year to gather them together yep and in that sense compensate for not seeing them every day but and not even just compensate but instill with them like um greater lessons that that we can only share in in direct contact with one another yeah you got you build you build you build that bond accordingly yeah um usually even when it's just even when i have my daughters right I usually try to take all of them, mm-hmm. take them, and they just be with me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I, yeah. and I remind them <laughs> that if it wasn't for me, you wouldn't be here. <laughs> Ooh, thank you. Thank you. You wouldn't be here. I didn't know parents were actually having that conversation up front. Um, um, I, know, I know they say it when they're mad, but not when they're happy. Nah, nah, nah. Look at this. You know, I I let them know that they're mine in a great in a good way. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm talking about. In a a positive way, you mine. This is why we here now. Let's enjoy. Let's enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Um, let's be a family. All you know, and I and I push them to always look out for each other because you know their love can't be replaced. Now the love they talk about in the movies and boyfriend girlfriend that can always be be replaced. Um. But that that family love, like somebody you grew up with, you know, you slept next to all your life, mm-hmm. you don't get that. You know what I'm saying? So even as much as I don't, uh, me and my sister don't see eye to eye, she know I love her. She know I'm going to be there for her. Yes. It's, it's basically bonded in me from my father. You know what I'm saying? Indeed. Excuse me. <clears throat> <laughs> so... I, he taught me a lot of lessons. He's the first person to, to, to let me know that you don't treat men and women the same. <laughs> hey, I like that. Hey, hey, I remember I was little. Um, I used to cry for something, and he used to, you know, get on top of me, pop, pop, pop me, get mad at me, tell me to stop crying. Mm-hmm. 
and I think it was like brushing my teeth or something. I don't remember. Brushing my teeth or something. Mm-hmm. Right? But I just remember not liking that at all. Okay, and okay. then my sister was doing the same exact thing at that age that I was doing when I was smaller. Okay. And I heard him like, oh, it's okay. Down, <laughs> Different baby. voice and everything. I, yeah, I'm like, what? I ain't never get that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you learn real quick. Yeah. You're a man, <laughs> not a girl. You know? So, uh, growing up is funny. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, don't ever compare yourself to a woman. So, that's why even when I jump online, I jump on, on this stuff and I see men comparing themselves to women and women comparing themselves. I wasn't raised on that. I wasn't. Even when my sister tried to do it with me, my dad would nip it in the bud like, look, this is him. This is you. You know what I'm saying? You don't raise, you know, and I learned that too. You don't raise all your kids the same. No, so, not at all. They're each individual people and then the gender dynamic at, at the very least. Yeah, you got to respect that. The gender dynamic versus in the personality yep. has a totally different um, education plan or yeah. behavior plan, temperament plan. Exactly. And the best parents know this. They can tell you like when they're in, like if they bring your, the child over for a sleepover or in my case, as a teacher, they would bring a new kid to class. They'll be like, all right, this is who he is. And this is what he's into. This is how he expresses himself. And it's like, all right, cool. And that gives me a, a broad stroke of um, how to approach him and how to engage with him to get him where he needs to be at the end of the year. Right. It's a beautiful thing. And that's really when we're accepting their humanity instead of just teaching them like, ah, treating them like, uh, well, like children in the sense that they're not competent beings. They know how to think. They know how to problem solve. They know how to get into trouble and they know how to um, stay out their way out of it. Exactly. But so like they know how to play the game. They may not know that they know, but they do. So it's like I'm going to give them that respect and recognize that they're just young adults. And so the way I'm going to raise you is in line with the fact that I know you know better when you're doing wrong. And when you're doing correctly, I know that you can push a little further and and test yourself. Yeah. I'm looking forward to parenthood as I, as I have this conversation with you, I'm just looking forward to it. Yeah. So it's a lot of stuff. It's going to hit you about, and that's what I mean. Um, the lessons my father taught me, like I said, it's sometimes it's just, you observing them and then you just taking note and it's, the note's going to pop up later like I did with Chivalry. You yes. Chivalry, I wrote a note down and I just read it to you. Mm-hmm. I never knew when I was going to use that note. I never <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to use this. And I used it. There you go. And they can be used again in a different way. So I'm glad that I was able to help you remember it. And and it's a solid one. Like I said, we both came across that. Like you remembered that you had that. So you reread it today. And then in my case, I came across a situation. And I said something I've never said before. Like the beauty of it is I didn't expect for me to even have that conversation today. But when I heard that word, it went off. Yeah. my head. So it's the same thing with a lesson that my lesson that my father taught me. I can't even name them right now, but they will go off when I need them. 
That's what I like about my my mind. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like how can I put it? Basketball. Used to play basketball. I was a great defender. And one of the tricks my coaches taught me is figure out if they're right-handed or left-handed. Hey, there you go. So every time I see the ball carrier dribble with his right, I automatically defend the right closer, tighter. I make you play. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. I make you play with your weaker hand. Exactly. So I might defend your whole right side. You won't have to beat me with your left hand today. Exactly. You gotta learn some <laughs> you know new tricks saying? if you want to beat me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Even if you win, I'm gonna make you pay for it. <laughs> yeah. But it's very difficult. Exactly. Even if they do that, they use if you trail the right side, they usually gonna switch back to the side that they're they're um to the side that they're um they're stronger to. Mm-hmm. So you can always steal the ball, always contest the shot, always make a miss. Um, I like, you know, but if you catch them on the right-hand side, like on the right side with their right hand, yeah, it's a little bit harder, but it's still something you can do. Um, But that's just a part of who I am. Like, I take down information that I know I can use to my advantage, like a lot of lessons my dad taught me. And then when I get a scenario, it just pops up. That's the first thing that happened. Hmm, what do I know about this? Yeah, yeah. You know what? Something as I'm, as we're having this conversation, I'm going to take it to another place. Uh, this is a lesson that I learned from my dad that I realized he taught me, but I never thought about it until this conversation. It's that I love my mom. I love my dad they don't necessarily get along, not in any combative way. They can be in the same room. I can invite them both to dinner. We can have a gay old time. However, not even however, I've never seen those two fight. I know privately they'll have choice words for each other, but they never in person in front of me display that. And so and I'm looking at myself now where I'm always teaching guys. And we, we, I, I think we had a conversation earlier this week about it. It's like we were just looking at uh, some of our colleagues and we're just like, damn, they're not behaving properly <laughs> around these women. And at the end of the day, that happens so often. And one thing you and I are always teaching is, one, don't take women too seriously to the point where you forget that they're just being themselves. Like you can't fight with them. Uh, there's no logical way that you can win in a fight with a girl. So it's like, don't have the fight in the first place. That's how you win. And, and so my dad taught me that again, not directly. He never said, Oh, Hey, don't fight with women. He just indirectly never did it. And so I just always absorb, like, this is the way it's supposed to be. Even if we disagree with me, you're not going to disrespect me. And if you are, my dad is righteous in this sense. Here's another lesson that he very much was adamant about me knowing. Um, So he was direct and he's like, Right is right, wrong is wrong. So if someone is wrong to me, I just got to leave. I, I need to end a relationship, leave the room, do whatever it takes to not be around that energy. That's not his words, but the way that yeah, I interpret it. Would, yeah, it, it'll drain you. So um, that's what you have to do. 
in a sense, and I understand it. Yeah, I'm just I, grateful I, for it. Like, it's a yeah, you got to be grateful for the those lessons in a lot. But just ask a person, like, what's what's a lesson that your dad taught you? And the, and you could tell a lot about a person. Absolutely. How they respond to this. Exactly. Exactly. And even though you've never thought about it the way that I was talking about it 20 minutes ago or so, it, like, I know that you're always paying attention, to, maybe not as intently as I am, but like, I know if, if someone said something odd, it would bother you. Like, if you overheard that guy, I'd say, I don't remember exactly what he said, but he said something to the effect of, I don't want to be like my dad. And I was just like, wait, what? Oh, yeah, <laughs> I was there. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's always, oh, you're one of those. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and so, they, like, and yeah. it's so crazy because they try to deny it first, but if you just let them talk, it's still like, ah, yep. Yeah, yeah. And so it is what it is. However, at this point in my life, I recognize that. And I don't know if you remember this, but when we first met, it was probably a week, maybe two weeks max before you and I were talking about our dads with each other. It wasn't on the podcast interview, even though we did have that conversation. It wasn't on Twitter spaces. I forgot where it was, but in some context, we just casually were talking about our dads and how we love and respect our dads. And and that's why I knew that we were brothers. Um, there are a lot of men that don't have that. But every all the important men that I've met over the past five years, at the very least that I can think of, in some natural way, we got to talking about our dads exactly. because we were... It's for whatever, like you were talking about with the kid with the basketball thing. It's like, oh, yeah, I shoot well because of my dad. So I'm bragging about my dad. And now you recognize that, all right, this guy has uh, a good head on his shoulders. His feet are grounded to the ground. He is someone that came from whatever humble or, or great beginnings. He recognizes that he wouldn't be where he is today without his parents. And I love that because I, I, I love my mom. I love my dad. And and they definitely love me, definitely in their special way. And I would not be who I am without either of them, for better or for worse. And I love myself, so it, it, to me, it's always for better. Dang. Yeah, I do agree with that. Um, it's just a great topic. Yeah. I think we got to do this more. Um, <laughs> That's for sure. You can figure out a lot about a person by the way, by the way they respond to a question about their mother or father. You could tell a lot. Exactly. Or if they never bring it up in the first place. Yeah, that's what really concerns me. Mm. But again, even when I meet those people, uh, as I always say, not my monkeys, not my circus. If that's that person's lifestyle, their choices or poor choices. Has nothing to do with me. I'm just focused on, I mean, that's why we're doing this podcast. I want us, we're both doing great work on our own. As a team, we do incredible work. And this podcast allows us to amplify all of that. So wouldn't it be fantastic within the next two years that we are retired in a sense? You and I are always going to be working on something, but we're retired because we are able to spend as much time with our families as we want. And we can teach our kids as many lessons as we want. Yeah, and that's the freaking goal, man. Exactly. Um, I do believe uh, a lot of lessons. I I learned a lot of lessons just by um, going to work on my dad's business with him. So mm. the clean office buildings. 
and clean things, right? And clean um, work sites and homes and stuff like that. And um, he's already telling me, well, you don't like cleaning toilets. Well, make sure you go to college and get your education. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> so you don't have to clean no toilets, right? Yeah. But it taught me a lot of just things that I didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. But I would never sit up there and be like, I don't want to be like my dad. Like, no. Nah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. My dad did this, but he he was more than just uh his business, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Um he also owned a food catering service, a, you know, a food truck. That taught me a lot too. Like as much as I love, love cooking and serving food, that is a lot of work, bro. It is. That's why I tip so well. (laughs) You're doing all that for me? And then, you you know, I was just at a, remember I had a dinner party, I think it was last week before, and they had a caterer. um, It was Haitian food. Hey, what did you eat? Tell me that. All right, break it down. Fish head soup. Okay. Oxtails. Oh, of course. They had griot. Yep. They had the turkey. What is it called? Um, uh, I don't know the name, but yeah, just turkey. It was chopped up, like so. You had the wings separate from the body, or yeah, yeah. yeah. So then they had um, turkey. They had the chicken, and they had the pickles, and they had the Haitian mac and cheese. It was like. So wait, was it a family doing that, or at, you said a restaurant? Where no, was this? One guy did it. And of course. So okay, food. I can see it. But I just know catering food, that probably was a three-day process. Oh, yeah. Haitian food is not – yeah, yeah. Like, you could have right. forced it in one you day, but it takes day, a lot of you work. Need a day, you need a day just to get gather the ingredients. So I was exactly. like, yeah, this is a three-day process. Oh, I know man. Pay. You make Atlanta it sound part. so good, brother. I didn't even know they had – you know, he – um, I, I took down his car. I just don't have it with me. But I just know for a fact – that when I see, oh, we getting food catered, and I ask what kind of food it is, and yeah. if it's any island or soul food, I'm like, yeah, this that took a that took a while. Exactly, exactly. Eat, and if oh, it if it like thirty people, bro. So Perfect. I know he probably started. It was <laughs> the food was on sat. The food was served on Saturday night. He had to start Monday morning. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, I'm so glad you enjoyed that, though. Yeah, um, so I'm, and the only reason I was even because I was I'm a, jealous. I ain't getting I, that I kind of food where I am. To my, uh, to my homeboy, I was like, yo, um, that's a, like, oh, what was it good? I bet he just whipped it up. And when he said that, I looked at him crazy. I said, if you think for one minute, you serving 30 people, Haitian food, Caribbean food, that it took a couple hours to make. No, buddy. That shit took a couple days. Exactly, exactly. It's no <laughs> joke, and it's so worth it. I mean, any of these great classic dishes from um, different cultures, but, yeah, I love my Haitian and food. I, yeah, and I know I know this for a fact because my dad um, did um, jerk chicken, right? Oh, word? Yeah, barbecue jerk chicken, um, barbecue ribs, and 
that took mm. a couple of days for the chicken. If you wanted a certain flavor, you had to marinate that chicken for a couple of days. Yeah, exactly. Uh, before he roasted yeah. it, or did he smoke it? Oh, you said barbecue. Yeah, smoke okay. it. Smoke it. Oh, he did smoke it. Cool. Smoke grilled. So you had to do that. And um, uh, yeah, the more good. food you wanted, the longer the process. <laughs> That's why we're always so grateful when they bring it to us on a plate, because it's like you had to take your whole time to devote just to feed me this one meal. I thank you for that. Yeah. Whether it's my girlfriend, a stranger, a waitress, whatever the case may be, it's like I'm very thankful for that meal. Never take a meal for granted. But yeah, I took his card down. I do respect people who work like that. Like I respect there's certain things I, I respect and catering service is one of those things because I grew up around it. So I know what it I know what it takes. Yeah. It's no way you could cheat that. <laughs> like, exactly, exactly. It's, it's, it's no it's no way you could cheat it. Um You make Atlanta sound good. All right. All right. You get yeah, I'm, I'm just saying, no, it's 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 good. <laughs> like I like it. Um Maybe I'm saying too much by reviewing our locations. Damn. Well, they can, hey, I I know how to hide in plain sight anyway, but uh, <laughs> Beautiful. yeah, Atlanta is another I call it candy land for many a reason. We'll talk about that later, but um, it's it's going good. Um, everybody has to understand and use these lessons that they was taught through life. Use them to their advantage. I always say this to um. You either you come in my life, you're either gonna be a blessing or a lesson. So yeah. you're either gonna bless me or you're going to teach me not to deal with people like you. There you go, there you go. You're gonna, teach, you're gonna teach me a valuable lesson. And you know, I'm I'm happy I and that's why I say I'm happy for everybody who came in my life, everybody who I interacted with. Mm-hmm. You know, even there was like, you don't have no regrets. Even even my ex-girlfriends, the ones I don't like, yeah. um, <laughs> they were here for a reason. They taught me a lot as well. And um, I give I give them credit in a way. You get what I'm saying? Exactly. Yes. So you no. got to you got to understand that that's the same thing. Those lessons like. When somebody said, oh, I want to be like my dad. Uh, well, he taught you something. Exactly. He, he taught you something you you better get a hold of. Because, you know, I heard a man say, I want to be like my dad. And then come to find out his dad was an alcoholic. I get, I get mm-hmm. it. You don't want to be an alcoholic. That wasn't who your father was or what, what he would want himself, you know, yeah. be represented as. But they're not describing it accurately, and exactly. so they, they put it on the man instead of the, the 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 characteristic. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever take the time? And my, nine times out of ten, when you did, you asked him, "Did you ever take the time out to figure out why your dad was an alcoholic?" They're yeah. gonna tell you no. Yeah, most of most children yeah. don't. I didn't know about my dad until I started asking him questions about our past, our shared past. And and it's funny, he had experiences that I had in dealing with family and, and, and separation and betrayal and not being able to see your children. And it's just like, whoa. And you get to see your dad as a man. Or in my case, as someone who didn't grow up with my dad, I got to see him as a man and that he actually is 
versus the stories that people told me about him. And, and I'm glad that I was smart enough to know better, not to buy into everything everyone told me about him. Exactly. Remember, it's two sides to every story. Indeed. Indeed. So. Um, yeah. And with everything I know about men and women, gender dynamics, it's like, all right, I definitely got to listen to this man now. <laughs> yeah. Cause Can't take anything. You know that. what? Your father is just, he, you're half your father and half your mother. Indeed. So it's parts of your mom. It's part, it's parts of you. Your mama would never understand. And you would have to go to your father to unlock those parts to either, to actually understand yourself is to actually talk to your father. I think so. I think so. And this is why I make that that statement. Some think it's a bold statement, but like in order to become a man, it takes a man to shape another man. And it also takes a man to shape a woman. So like the, the woman that comes into my life, I'm shaping her to be her full actualized self. If she gives me that, if she gives me that full attention to to help her make her great and make her whole by making her a mother and a wife, then it's like, this is what we do and this is the special gift so absolutely we really come to know ourselves with um the greatest man in our life which is dad true true hey man this was a good um i'm gonna end it on that note absolutely i ain't got much to say after that beautiful lessons thank you yeah i didn't know it was gonna go here and i'm glad I, I was I kept an open mind and, and this was absolutely beautiful. So thank you for sharing. I learned more about you and your family. I got extra hungry and I'm not gonna get a meal like that for a while. Which reminds oh, me, maybe I should make a trip to my dad so I can eat like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm my telling you, uh, if you ever stop and stop in the A, I know where I know I know a couple spots. Hey. Um All right, I'm down for it. We're gonna have some fun. Yeah, I know a, a couple, good end of the year for sure. I know a couple spots that'll make you fat, man. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's the goal. That's the goal. Um, with that being said, anytime we do these conversations, I might go, take you off in the deep end, but I'm gonna bring you back. Um, <laughs> no, and that, that's the thing. Like even even though it wasn't what I expected it to be. I know that our listeners are going to enjoy it. I had fun. You had fun. They're going to have fun. I'm not even worried about trying to pull off what, uh, whatever I had produced. Like, this is exactly what the conversation was meant to be. That's all we need. Mm, okay, okay, man. Till next time. Till next time. Peace, brother. How do I turn this off?